0: The content of this recording is copyrighted by Sandler Systems, LLC, all rights reserved. This is the Building Blocks of Success with Glenn Mattson. Welcome to another episode of Building Blocks of Success, season three, episode 11. The podcast that we're gonna discuss today is really about uncovering the strategies and insights that drive success in sales, networking, and entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Glenn Matson, and today we're going to be diving into the topic that may be small, but holds an immense amount of power in the business world. It's called small talk. I know some of you may be thinking, small talk, really, Matson? <laughs> Isn't that just casual chit-chat, meaningless conversations before meetings start? about the weather and weekends, right? Monday, Tuesday, you talk about what you did on the weekend. On Thursday and Friday, you talk about what you're going to do on the weekend. You just can't use the weekend talk on Wednesday because it's the middle of the week, right? So small talk is so much more than that. So significant, much more than it appears on the surface. Honestly, it's the gateway to build connections, foster relationships, and then ultimately achieve success. Let me share a staggering fact with you. According to a study conducted by Harvard Business Review, 95% of business professionals believe that face-to-face interactions are essential for long-term business relationships. How are those relationships going to begin? How do those relationships develop? You guessed it, small talk. I mentioned before the relationship grid, there's four of them, awareness, familiar, friendly, part of your story, and that's part of your ability to create those relationships. But when I look at like a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of emerging advisors, their small talk does not come naturally to them. I want to give you some tips, though, on how to help you become a master at the small talk and really, really unlock its potential. Me personally, high introvert. Don't like chatting with people. Don't like small talk. I have to force myself to do it got good at it, but it's still a force. Now it's fun. It's kind of a game in essence, right? You just have to look at things a little differently versus being super nervous, which I was in the beginning. So let's get through some tips quick. The first tip is in small talk, you got to be genuinely curious, got to be really, really curious. Small talk is an opportunity to learn about the person in front of you, to understand them, to understand their interests, find some common ground By showing genuine curiosity, you're going to make the conversation more engaging and a lot more memorable. And it's going to feel really good on their part. Reason being is people love to talk about themselves. So the more you can have that conversation, be curious about them, where they're coming from. And again, this is depending upon where you are. It could be at work, could be at at a networking meeting. It could be at an annual meeting. But staying curious, really Really genuinely curious. You got to think like the other person, got to put yourself in their perspective, look at the world through their eyes, and what would be some things that would make sense? What are some things that you could ask questions to get that curiosity going? Now, we've talked about it in the past, right? Some of your connect questions could be you start with the industry, then you start with the marketplace, then you start with the company. Maybe some of you are doing a little different, but I would have you take a look at really your small talk conversations and I used to actually create two or three small little questions I could ask somebody if I knew I was going to be speaking with somebody. So like this week, I'm going out to a different part of the country. I'm going to go out to a cocktail party for two hours to meet like 15, 20 people. Now, I have outlined who I want to meet. I've investigated and understand a little bit about each of them on a personal level. Yes, I understand their credentials from a work standpoint but I'm more interested in where they went to college. I'm more interested in the fact that this person likes to surf and this other person does knitting, right? Whatever it is, there's curiosity there. So understanding about them and being really curious is going to give me the upper hand when we have small talk versus talking about, so you like the hotel we're in? Did you have a good flight? So be curious. I remember a client of mine, very first time sitting down with him, And Michael is a phenomenal individual. He had was a producer, and then he owned his own shop and ran it. And then he went into the home office to be a a territory manager, meaning that he helped 30 or 40 other people like himself previously that owned his own practice. And then eventually he became in charge of all the regionals. But it was interesting sitting down with, with Mike which I didn't realize until we literally have done six or seven programs, all virtual. First time I'm sitting to, we're face-to-face. Now, I've had other conversations with him to catch up, but this is a time that I can do it a little more depth. So I turned to him and said, Mike, so tell me about, from your standpoint, some of the best memories you have from your childhood. And he goes, when I won division, blah, 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 in baseball. I knew he played a little bit of baseball, but I did not realize he was as good as I'm about to find out. So I turned to him and said, get out of here. You play baseball? You didn't play in college, did you? Oh, you did. You didn't play semi-pro, did you? Oh, you did. So now there's a conversation going on. Now, I'm not asking a lot of things about his colleges and that kind of stuff, and who he played against. My conversations went over to other stuff. Like I said to him, hey, man, when you were in a hitting slump, and I know you said you were doing pretty well, and you know, they were going to put a statue in front of the college for you at the time and because you had such a high batting average. But when you went in your slump, Ben won one. He goes, hell yeah, I've been in slumps. I said, how do you get yourself out of those darn things? I gotta, that's got to be such pressure when you're by yourself in the middle of the batter's box, and part of your brain keeps screaming at you, you're going to screw this up again. How the hell do you get out of that stuff? So Michael started to talk. He got really excited in his voice, and his face change. He started talking about all the work he did in the batter's box and how he did it and why it built confidence. And it was just a very interesting conversation. And since then, Mike and I are at a very different level of a relationship. I get to know him much better. Now, he does not know much about me because it wasn't a two-way conversation, really. That was more geared to understand him. So be super curious. I have a couple of questions if you have to in your back pocket that you can use all the time. I talked to Mike about tricks. I talked to him about superstitions. I talked about a whole bunch of stuff. But that slump thing was really cool. Superstitions was really cool. And they shared some stuff that they did when they traveled. So it was really neat information. So here's tip number two. Listen actively. Man, small talk is not about you talking. Small talk is about you asking questions. And it's about you asking the right questions. And it's about letting them know that as you're asking these questions, I hear what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. So you got to give these conversations your absolute full attention. And I find many people when they're trying to do small talk are thinking about other things. They're thinking about a whole bunch of other stuff. And because of that, they're not really paying attention. And you got to remember, Everyone's going to tell you everything you're ever going to need to know about them if you just listen. So, active listening is monstrous. It, it gives your full attention to somebody. It demonstrates that you have respect. It demonstrates that you're listening. And man, it it really creates deeper relationships. Now, when you're doing active listening, just don't listen to the words that's being spoken. You really gotta pay attention to the underlying emotions and interest. This will give you the ability to dig deeper in the good stuff. So remember, listening is not just the words they use, listening is the tone they use, and listening is the body language that they display as they speak. Uh, Here's a statistic that should grab maybe some of your attention. Research will tell you that active listening can increase the likability and the trustworthiness of a conversation By 60%. 60% likability and trustworthiness of a conversation by 60%. My goodness, that's huge. So sharpen up those skills and watch your small talk really transform into some meaningful conversations. Here's another tip. I just talked about body language. Embrace the the power of body language. Remember, small talk isn't about what you just say all the time and what they say. Your body language and their body language speaks volumes. If you're speaking to me, I don't even care if you're asking me great questions, but I can see you looking over my shoulders. I can see you looking out the window. I can see that you're looking at people walking by me. At some point, I'm going to just change my words and say something in a different language to see if you're even paying attention to me. So nonverbals are just as loud and give you just as much information, if not more, than the words you use. So maintain good eye contact. Smile genuinely. Use uh, accepting words. "Mm -hmm, I see. Those are acceptance. Those are great. You also want to have an open and adopting, open welcoming posture. Your hands aren't crossed. You're not sitting there like you're bored with your elbow. You know, your body on your elbow and your head over your shoulder. So it looks like, what am I doing here? Right. So make sure that these verbal clues really give a signal of approachability warmth, and confidence. It really makes other people easier to engage with you also. So for instance, here's a tip. Watch TV without watching any sound. Turn off the sound. Just watch people's nonverbals. See if you can gain or or, or see or, or, or commit to or connect to, excuse me, what they're Feelings are just based on their nonverbal. just based on their body movements. Where are they? Happy, sad? What level are they at? They angry? They satisfied? They're being, you know, laughing. All that stuff is really, really important. Another tip besides watching TV without the sound is people watching. This is one of the greatest skills that one of our my psychology professors did years ago. Was that his his belief was you can be the smartest person with regards to book smart. But if you don't know how to ask the right questions, you don't understand what to look for inside of a patient and where they are, you're going to be very limited on your ability to properly identify what their issues are. So this professor, one of the best individuals I took several classes with because he moved away from just book learning to street learning and really started focusing in on people watching. We literally would have write a paper and going someplace, sitting down over two-hour period, three different people, three different couples observe what they were doing body language-wise to see if you were correct. I remember way back when I'm sitting there, I see someone sit down. This is way before the phones, right? So someone's sitting down and they're kind of looking around sheepishly and then someone sits down with them. And now they are literally five tables over, six tables over. And I'm with my wife and we're having dinner and I just keep looking over to my left a little bit. And I'm what people watch it. I'm looking at how their feet are underneath the table. I'm looking at, are their feet sitting square? Are they underneath the chair? Are they bouncing their legs? Are they fidgeting? Are they sitting side by side? Are they sitting straight up and stoic? You can definitely tell just by the nonverbals that those two just met each other and they were maybe on a date. Then I'm watching another couple. And by the way, I do this all the time. I didn't, but it's one of the things I'm sharing with you, which I think hopefully you will do also, is you will love to watch people. So now I'm sitting there, the one to my left, right Everyone looks like they're on a date. The one that's ahead of me, maybe about three tables. Man, I could see it coming in just the way the wife put down her purse and the way that he sat down in the chair and how I didn't even hear what he ordered, but the tone of what he ordered, they were not in a good spot. You just tell by their nonverbals. And I remember telling, saying to my wife, I said, It's interesting. We have a double sides of the same spectrum, the one to her left is on a date and the people two behind you, I give them about 35 minutes and they're going to be a big fight. I was off by six minutes, by the way. People watching, it's pretty awesome. I remember once we went to the MGM for a client of ours and I'm with my wife, we went down to where they have the cabanas and I'm sitting there waiting for the, the, the people to come out from the hotel so we can rent the cabana. And this individual comes over. again, the cabanas open up at 830, right? So there's really no one there, me and my wife. And there's one other individual walks down. And he looks like a train wreck, right? Tired. He looks like he just, I don't know if he slept or not. He sat down. It's just the three of us. My wife starts talking. She knows what I'm about to do. We've been married a long time. So she just gets up and starts to walk away. And I sure enough, I turn and say, so have you been to this place? You know it really, really well. or Are you a, are you a newcomer? And he turns around and goes, no, nope, no, nope, I just came in. They flew me in last night. I said, well, that must have been a nice flight. How'd you do? He turned around and goes, well, first time period, I was down 250 within the first hour. But you know, I got it all back before I came here. I said, well, that's nice to hear. But uh, it sounds like you haven't gone to bed yet, then. He goes, no, it's going to be really funny. We have front row tickets for Celine Dion tonight at the you know, the the, uh, um, the hotel gate because he's a big gambler, right? And he goes, it's going to be funny. I'm probably going to be sleeping in the front row. As we started to talk, he and I really started having a great conversation. Then all of a sudden, the individual from the hotel comes out. Now, this individual's saying to me, have you been here? I said, no, I haven't. He goes, well, you know, last time I stayed over that fence over there, you know, that's where the, the celebrities go. We had Bono in there last week with me and so-and-so. And so I'm like, who is this guy I'm talking to? right? He lost 250 grand an hour, got it back. He, they, they fly the private jet to go get him. He got front row tickets. He doesn't even care if he's going to go to the, the, the concert or not. He's going to sleep in the front. This is for, really for his wife and his daughter. He's hanging out with some seriously successful people in this huge blocked off walls that you didn't even know were there unless he told you. So as we're talking and we're walking around, we're laughing. We're having a great time together. Then all of a sudden the individual from the hotel comes out. And he says, good morning, Mr. Hess. Would you like the same cabana you've had in the past? So in my head, I'm like, well, now I know who he is. He goes, yep. And he says, by the way, uh, can you make sure that my friend here is taken care of? And he turns to me right in front of the person. And he goes, what was your name again? And I said, it's Glenn. Turn to the hotel person and he goes, it's Glenn. Make sure he gets taken, t- taken care of. That's all he said. Let's make sure they're taken care of. Now, in my head, that's a 50-50 shot, meaning that am I going to be taken care of, which is treat me nice, or am I going to be taken care of means am I going to get comped? And there's a big difference when you're trying to figure out what type of gazebo you're in, right? What type of overhangs you want. So what the hell? I swung for the fence. I took the real, real, real big ones, the one I wanted anyways. It was quite expensive, but we got it comped. So I, you know, the next day I, I, I rented it. We got a two for one day. But the reason I got there is because of the ability to network and small talk with individuals. I broke the ice with this individual. We talked for 15 minutes. He walked me around the entire pool area. Later on, when I was there, right, I sent him my, my, my cell phone. He sent me a text. He goes, hey, how do you like it? I said, this place is fantastic. I said, are you down at the pool yet? He goes, nah, I'm still gambling. Enjoy. So very effective. Good tips. Take a look at that. Body language. Look at the TV. Look at people watching and have the ability to start breaking the ice which is the next tip. I want to discuss a simple, very effective. You got to have the icebreakers. And icebreakers in networking situations where you can approach someone new and say something to break the ice. One of the easiest things to do is compliment them on something specific, i.e. a jewelry, a tie, maybe their handbag, where they're from, right? Their, their, their dialect. But I turned around to Hess, if you heard the icebreaker, I said, so uh, is this your first time here? Or are you a regular? And he turned around and started laughing. He goes, no, I'm a regular. And then he started telling me about how they flew him in. So that was my icebreaker. So one of the things you may want to take a look at is how to make sure that you can have what I call generic icebreakers and specific icebreakers. You got to have some generic icebreakers that you can use pretty much everywhere or anywhere. And the one I just said was, is pretty generic. So is this the first time here or you were you, uh, a repeater? You use you, someone who comes off You can change that up seven different ways but having the ability to comment on something that they have will break the ice. Now, there's other things you can do. Like I'll break the ice if I'm going to a networking meeting. I'll turn and say, so is this the first time here for you? Another break the ice is, is that, so is this speaker that we're hearing today, is someone, uh, have you heard him before? I even some ridiculous ones, which is, my gosh, it was an interesting place to park. Did you guys even find a spot? So state the obvious, but. Have some really good icebreakers that you're comfortable with that can just walk up to anyone and give it a shot. That's why the three-foot rule is so powerful. Anyone within three feet, just start a conversation with them. And you gotta do this on a social level. You have to do this in outside of work. So when it's time for work, it's really easy or easy or gotta remember, most people in a room, especially if they don't know anyone, almost everyone's uncomfortable. So the one person that acts that it's normal for them to go over and say hello is the one that everyone gravitates to and studies will tell you that individual over time becomes more successful so icebreakers are really really good next is you got to make sure that when you're seeking small talk the superpower is practice 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 small talk is a skill that's got to be honed it takes time it definitely takes some effort challenge yourself to engage in small talk with pretty much anyone every day You're getting gas. You go to a 7-Eleven. You go to the grocery store. You go into any place, right? You go into a laundromat. You go into the post office. There's always people sitting in line. The coffee shop, they're always sitting in line. Turn to the person in front of you. Turn to the person in back of you and just start a conversation and see where it goes. Now, after you leave, you may say, whoop, that wasn't a good icebreaker. That was a little weird, right? Just start laughing at it. Who cares? Then you can have better icebreakers, okay? So I purposely walking down the aisles, the grocery store, every time I'm getting gas, any store that I walk into to buy something in my head, been a rule that I've tattooed in my head has become a habit that I will try to start a dialogue with at least one person. I have no idea who the hell they are. So try it every day. Small talk, man, it's just so powerful. So one of the other tips I want to give you is that when you do small talk, it makes sense to have the connection that after the meeting, afterwards, that you follow up. You can follow up with some drips. You can follow up like, for instance, that person I was telling you about with baseball during a uh, uh, during one of the games I was flipping through and I'm not a baseball person. I was actually trying to find lacrosse. And as I was watching the baseball, uh, I know it was, again, his thing. And this one individual, I just happened to hear the announcer talk about the person that's in the batter's box, whether in a slump, they haven't hit one in the last six or seven hits, seven hits, I think it was. And so I just texted him. I just said, hey, you're watching the game. He said, of course I am. So all I sent back is maybe you should give some of your tips on how to get out of that slump to so-and-so. He sent back laughing. Next thing you know, he's texting me all the time. So have reach outs. The other thing is if you're going someplace look up in LinkedIn, look up in Instagram, look up at Facebook, get to know the person a little bit so that when you do have a dialogue, you can do small talk, but spin it. Like for instance, I was meeting someone the other day, loves tennis. He's a, you know, played tennis in college, played tennis semi-pro, just loves tennis. So we went over and I said, hello, how are you? And all I said was, you know, in today's world, isn't it amazing how our sports are transforming themselves? I mean, look at this thing that that is just going crazy right now that originally was made for exercise for older individuals that played tennis. Isn't it crazy on how pickleball is going crazy? And he's like, oh my God. And the next thing you know, we're chatting. So do some research. Yup, brace the power of body language, get your icebreakers down, make sure you practice follow up with people. The other is do some research and prepare yourself on some questions that you can ask for icebreakers or to build that relationship. So my friends, let's embrace the power of small talk. You got to remember, man, it's not just about the weather and the weather plans and what's been happening. It's about building connections, about opening doors, about creating opportunities for success, Small talk is the foundation upon which we really build strong relationships. It's invaluable for sales. It's invaluable for networking. It's invaluable for building relationships. I got one of my buddies. Doesn't make a difference who you put them with. One person, five people, 50 people. I guarantee you that individual, you put them in the middle of a group of individuals within 15 minutes, he will have four or five friends in that entire group. He has the ability for small talk out of nothing. So it's very valuable, very empowering. This concludes the session for today on Building Blocks of Success. I hope you found that these insights and tips about how to navigate the world of small talk has been helpful. Stay tuned for an episode where we're going to be dealing and really delving into other crucial elements of business success. Until then, keep connecting, keep engaging. Keep building those relationships, keep getting outside your comfort zone and having small talk with people you don't know. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. This is the Building Blocks of Success with Glenn Matson.